Hi, this is Derek with the Class War Podcast. And this is Kate. All right. Today we're going to talk about some uh, really cool stuff. First, we'll cover some of the upcoming events that are going on with the pilgrimage in the next month. And then we'll get into um, some of my instances with being around vehicles on fire, be it Land Rovers or aircraft. Um, Ooh, some, houses. Or houses. Or houses. <laughs> so there's some interesting stories there. And then we're going to go over... Um, Kate's 83 110 build and our adventure and our adventure and buying it in the UK, driving it around Scotland for two weeks, mm-hmm. numerous breakdowns. Well, well, just, little breakdowns. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And, uh, her recovering me here in Vermont numerous times with the 110 and some of our adventures up at Maine and winter on. So really hope you guys enjoy. So... What do we have going on first for our first, uh, we got our first meet and greet coming up. We do. That's going to be at the Worthy Burger in South Royalton on May the 20th from noon until 2 p.m. So come down, come out and say hello to everybody. And uh, the Hendersons at the Hideaway will also have camping available um, if anyone needs to stay the night. So you can uh, reach out to them. Jason has some amazing food. And his beer selection is incredibly on point with anything you'd want from local Vermont breweries. Uh, Worthy Burger is one of my favorites. And Jason has been helping support the event uh, for, well, since really I got I started it in 2020. And um, Worthy Kitchen is also in South Woodstock. But Worthy Kitchen needs reservations. Worthy Burger, you don't. So we're really looking forward to that. The next one we have coming up is Memorial Day weekend on the 29th. We have our Cemeteries and Cellar Holes tour. Um, and that's going to start out with some really cool stories about the deadly vines in Dummerston Cemetery, work our way up to through Cavendish and a couple other towns up to the Indian Stones and some great uh, cemeteries and cellar holes along the way. We still have a couple slots open for that. So, again, that's going to be May 29th. And that's going to be greens. And a, I've got to pre-run everything again this week, but it's mainly going to be a greens with some slight blue sections and if it if it changes anything more then we'll change the route but really looking forward to that that's the first of our history tours um again my big focus is the history stuff i like i like getting out seeing this stuff and that's what the class four roads are kind of helping me accomplish so but um and where's that going to start that's going to start down dummerston and that will end either in plymouth or reading depending how far we get um again it's not about it's not about rushing anybody. We can take as much or as long as we need. And, but the goal is to get it really from Dummerston up to the Indian Stones and tell that story of uh, in Reading, which is the awesome story of a, of a family who was abducted by Indians and brought through Reading. And the lady gave birth to her daughter in mm-hmm. Reading along the, along the brook and then was up in Quebec for a number of years. And then they released her husband and I believe he was able to raise enough money to buy his family back and then she commissioned this really the first monument that's in u.s history of commemorating historical event in reading it's been moved slightly because before it was it was in risk getting a flood dam but it commemorates and tells the story of uh her giving birth to her daughter while being uh prisoner of the indians kidnapped Kidnapped by indians so that's where no no terrifying well speaking of terrifying stuff let's Get into my um, 
my numerous experiences with fire and how that has changed what I carry in my vehicle. Um, so to lay them all out, last year I had I was I had the LR4 catch fire while I was driving it. Um, Isn't that this year? No, no, it was last year. Are you sure? Yeah, huh. yeah, because it happened in like December. Oh, okay, towards the uh, end. Of so the last year, um, I've also been in two aircraft that have been on fire. Luckily, on the grounds. Um, but those are some interesting stories that definitely makes you think about some decision-making stuff. Uh, been around a couple aircraft that are on fire, but I wasn't in them. House fire when I was a kid. That's not that's not great. House. My room got struck by lightning, and um, yeah, as, as it does. <laughs> um, but really, the we'll get into the LR4 one first. Um, so I was on a really long road trip. And the LR4, a lot of you knew, was my modern off-roading and overlanding rig it was a great car it's 2012 with like 180,000 miles on it and we used it pretty hard it was a great family vehicle um an incredibly comfortable drive so i took it to an event all the way down in georgia and on the way home i was driving back and all of a sudden also out by albany all of a sudden all the check-in like every light on the dash that can come on comes on I'm like, ah, shit, I blew a serpentine belt thinking it's something that simple. Pull over to the side of the road. There's, It's right on Route 7. There's not a lot of space to pull over. It's like pretty much no um, shoulder. But there was still snow on the ground, I remember. Oh, yeah, there's also still a lot yeah. of snow and ice. Um, so, anyways, we pull over, and... I pop the hood thinking I'll go look, and that's when I start noticing wisps of smoke coming out from under the hood. Not good. Not good. Mm-mm. Not good. And this is where I made my first my first mistake was I didn't grab the fire extinguisher immediately then. I went to investigate the problem. So I was with another friend. We both got out of the car, and because there was no shoulder, we both shut our doors so we could step back and then go forward so we didn't want to get hit by a car. Yeah, by a truck. Yeah, yeah exactly. trucks. Like there's vehicles doing like 55, 60 bias, and there's like no shoulder. Go forward. I pop the hood, and there's a lot of flames. And what but it happened... you said 20-foot high flames. Not 20-foot, but it was over the hood. It was well over That's the hood, the open hood of an LR4, <laughs> um, which is impressive. It's a lot of flames. The reason why it was a lot of flames is my fuel rail went the spraying gas at 50 or 60 psi all over my hot engine that i've been driving for 10 hours um so immediately what we do is we go to get the fire extinguisher but but <laughs> when we go to open the doors the lr4 has locked itself with all the doors shut windows up electrical squirrely that's going on yeah and yeah. there's all this you know horn stuff going on that's not really good when you really want to try to put the fire out. So I was like, that sucks. And then I'm looking at, in between my center console, I always keep a glass breaker. It's something I always, I highly recommend for anyone to have in their rigs, whether it's an off-roading rig or not. I always keep a glass breaker in the center console so I know where it is. And also that's latched. So during an accident, that's probably not going to fly open. And that's probably not going to get a huge yeah, amount of damage. you need somewhere where you can reach where, it. Where you know where it is every time. So... 
That and doesn't. Also, do... Yeah, but also they're also seatbelt cutters too. They're also seatbelt cutter, which is because the guy of... died on eighty nine a couple of months back because they couldn't get they couldn't get the seatbelt. Yeah, on. yeah. Um. So, I'm staring at my where my glass breaker is. That's bad. Then I'm staring at where my fire extinguisher is mounted in between the rear seats. That's also bad. And I'm like, well, this kind of sucks. And then I look over and I see all my really expensive night vision equipment, which is sitting there in the seats and on a vehicle that's now engulfed in flames. And I know insurance definitely will not cover they that. They will not cover that. Well, they wouldn't even cover... They would even they cover the off-roading accessory. the equipment that yeah. was on it, So um, that's what I made a, a snap decision. I've got to get in there. So another tip of advice is if you ever have to break into your vehicle, the second row windows and the windows on the very back are a lot less strong than the driver's, the driver's area windows or the windshield. Or, you the, can or get, the front passenger. Or the front passenger. You Go a get row back those. to break the glass. So um, I was proceeding to get the trailer hitch off and try to smash that through a window when my friend Riker pulled out his Harbor Freight pocket knife <laughs> that had a glass breaker on it and said, would this work? It definitely worked. So... I've managed to break the glass open on the vehicle that's the entire engine bay is now engulfed in flames. Flames are going above. Um, traffic stopped on both sides. People are watching as I'm trying to get into the vehicle. Thinking, oh, guy turned up with a massive fire extinguisher. Yeah, that happens in a minute. Uh. So <laughs> people think I'm trying to rescue a dog or like children. But no, I'm going after my high-end night vision equipment. And I dive in, get the door open, and start chucking pelican cases into the middle of route seven and rikers trying to catch them like in a cartoon because <laughs> i'm like chucking them as far away from the fire as i can get so i get all of them out and i have a normal sized you know automotive fire extinguisher nothing great and i start walking towards the front there's no way this has a hope in but luckily um as i like to tell people i have the best worst luck so <laughs> right. when something goes bad generally everything else goes right a guy in a semi coming the other way had a fire extinguisher that looked like it should have been on wheels. It was huge. And he came over, and with our two fire extinguishers, we managed to get the engine fire out by depleting his massive fire extinguisher for a semi-truck and my little fire extinguisher. Um, yeah, thank thankfully he stopped. So thank thankfully you to that guy out there, whoever so, you are. Some of the takeaways from that is the car is a total write-off. Insurance had to deal with it. If you've ever dealt with a vehicle that's had a fire with insurance, it takes forever. Um, but the couple takeaways are I did I did some things wrong and I did some things right. I should have left the doors open because I never thought that the fire would be bad enough it would destroy the electrical system, thus locking all the doors. I should have taken the fire extinguisher with me. And now I make sure that all my daily carry pocket knives have a glass breaker on them. Um, if not for that scenario, suppose I can't get to my glass breaker right away or, or something and I need to help somebody. Um, it's literally just a tiny stud that you don't notice and it can make the world of a difference um, when seconds matter. Um, but that was the first, that was my first vehicle fire. I've had minor vehicle fires with Land Rovers like older Land Rovers with ignition systems and all that, but like nothing but crazy. Nothing, where nothing like where the car, loose. nothing where the car has decided an inferno. was an inferno. We did, we did keep the fire just in the engine bay, but that all four was total. Um, so I can't stress enough 
having a fire extinguisher in your vehicle and having a glass breaker, ideally one that you can carry with your with your everyday carrying pocket knife, but definitely one in your vehicle for if you needed to get out all that stuff. And I always kept the fire extinguisher in the car in case I had a dash fire or anything like that, because this is where it comes back to my aviation side is coming from aviation, fire is incredibly terrifying to me. Um, luckily, both my fires in the airplane have been on the ground where I could egress the aircraft. Whereas if it happens in the in the sky, you're kind of fucked um, until you can land the airplane. Oh, you've got to land as soon as you can. Or, you know, it's just it, depending, land. you know, it's not always going to be something you can put out with a fire bottle if your aircraft is even equipped with that. Um, so two years ago, we were flying in uh, my father's airplane with God, me. Is it that long ago now? Yeah. It's maybe That's unbelievable. Almost two and a half years ago. That's right, because you, your dad, and our oldest son, Hugh, who's now 12, so he was 10 at the time. Mm-hmm. You and your dad were getting current again, so they took off from our local airport and went up to Burlington, Vermont. And uh, Derek did his check ride um, and then came back. And then your dad went up and did his check ride and came back. Yep. So they were all in the plane. Hugh's right at the back. And if you know a Cherokee 6, it's you've got the door over the wing. Um, and then you've got a door in, on the opposite side on the in the rear. And that's where Hugh was. He was right at the back of the plane. No, no, he was riding in the... Hugh oh, was, I in the, he was in the no, back. No, no, my dad was in the back. Oh, your dad Hugh, was in the back. Hugh was in the co-pilot seat with me. And we were just getting ready after all these flights to... Go home. To go home. And I pull onto the runway and you should always listen to the people around you. So Hugh says, I smell smoke. And... I can see smoke and it was just wisps coming out from under the dash. And the first thing I thought was just, you know, immediately I canceled the takeoff. So we were just pulling on, I was getting ready to bring the power up. And, um, the well, first thing I thought is I've left the parking brake on. It's something that happens in these, in a lot of these little airplanes and that will definitely cause you to get some smoke and, and, um, see some of the cockpit from the vents and parking brake was off. So I'm like, that's weird. Um, didn't see any electrical fire. Didn't smell electrical, which is generally, if you're going to have a fire in the airplane, it's generally electrical. Um, so we decided that, hey, let's abort the takeoff and we'll taxi back to Magnets. It's a really long taxi at Burlington because we're at the far end. And I told the tower, hey, we saw some smoke, maybe a little bit in the cockpit. It seemed to have dissipated. We're going to taxi back to Magnets. And what that allowed us to do was know that they would keep an extra eye on us. So the air traffic controller, who was an ex-Air Force guy like I was, decided that he was going to take it upon himself to watch us the whole way back with his binoculars while we were taxiing back. And he had us taxi close in front of his tower so it could be easier to keep an eye on Look, us. Yeah. And just when we got in front of the main terminal with all the airliners in Burlington, I heard him say, uh, 26L Charlie, you're on fire. There's a lot of smoke. And... When you hear that, um, stuff starts going really fast, but also really, really slow. Like, time slowed down, but you're doing a lot of things fast. So, I immediately killed the fuel to the engine, brought the airplane to a stop, and he's talking on the radio, and at that point, like, any conversation with him is out the window. I'm focusing on other things, and I told my dad and my son to get out of the airplane, and I could sit, and he said, he said when he saw the fire, it was on the right side. So I told my son and my dad to get out of the airplane. Hugh was, what, nine, ten. ten at the time. So 
it's very easy for him to jump over two rows of seats and go out the back. Not My so dad's already dad. about, me at 270 pounds going over three rows of seats, not really going to do it in a timely manner. Um, so I decided to go out over the wing that was on fire. On fire. Well, the wing wasn't on fire yet. The whole wheel was on fire. So just as I'm getting out of the airplane, um, I can hear the tire pop. And I, I used to be an F-16 crew chief, so I've heard a bunch of tire pops. And that always tells you the fire is really, really hot. Because it takes a lot to burst a tire um, with heat. And also, hydraulic fluid burns, burns. like a blowtorch. Yeah. And, really, uh, really flammable. I may not be able to jump well when I'm not motivated, but when you're properly <laughs> motivated, like, there's a blowtorch of hydraulic fluid spewing out of where you're trying to jump white men can jump <laughs> he turned into a mountain gazelle. And i turned into a, i turned into a mountain gazelle and i jumped farther than i've ever jumped in my life <laughs> off of a wing that was oh, oh also holding the wings holding like 40 something um, yeah, gallons fuel? of fuel <laughs> um, good. you know and the fire is literally right underneath the fuel tank so yeah you can uh, see on the photos afterwards you could see where I'll, the i'll post one was. of the photos of the fire when we release the podcast um so anyways, the big thing was we got away from the airplane, which is now on fire. We linked up. So that's an important thing with whether it's in a vehicle or not. Always have accountability of whoever is with you. That is the most important thing beyond anything is screw the vehicle, screw anything else. you got to have accountability with the people around you or the same thing would be your furry friends. I would consider my dog no different than my family. I have to have accountability to him. I have to know. Before I deal with anything, I got to know that everyone else is out of the, the danger area. Um, luckily for me, again, I always say this, I have the best, worst luck. Yeah, because the, 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 the fire yeah, truck guys the, were suited up already because they were... In the middle of an exercise for an exercise. aircraft on yeah. fire. <laughs> and these are guys that I used to know from when I'm at the air guard. So they get the crash call. They're already fully suited in next to their trucks and they drive out and they manage to save the airplane. It needed a new wing, um, which took about a year and a half. But yeah, because of COVID, um, it just had it, it took not forever. been that. Had they not been there, that would have been eighty-four gallons of fuel burning. Burning that and that, that could explode. Been, there is an explosion yeah, risk with that. Exactly. Um, so we managed to to get that all sorted. But the lessons I took away from that is you have to have a plan on what you're going to do. So I'd always well, had a plan. Remember it. Like, well, you could fly when you went to flight school. I couldn't fly when I went to flight safety. Um, but I always remember with, with Gray and what, you know, you do your run up and you're down there and then you do the brief. It's like, if I have an engine failure below a thousand feet, I'm landing straight ahead. If I have an engine failure at this, this is what I'm going to do. I remember in Vero, a plane literally having an engine failure. It took off for me and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a nice plane. I wish I was in that and not my little warrior. And then they have an emergency and they end up landing on the on the main road. I mean, it, it can happen at any time. You, you have to have a brief and you have to have yeah, a plan. Yeah, you have to have a plan for what you're going to do. And that's whether it's the vehicle fire or it could be a major breakdown or it could be something as important. Like what happens if this recovery goes wrong? What happens if the vehicle winds up inside? Like you've got to think about that stuff and have a plan so you're not just making it up as you go along. Don't just do it. Think uh, about it. Plan and that was it. that... It was amazing that the reason I was able to do what I was did with the accident was because training kicked in, and that's where it it saved me. Um, 
you know, if the fire department had been there and I've been trying to work my way out the back, being a fat kid, it probably wouldn't have gone as well. Um, but you got to think about these things. Um, the other time I was in an airplane was on fire was at the airlines. I was in a dash eight that caught fire at the gate, which luckily all my fires went on the ground. So we're How sitting did that there. Catch fire? Uh, the igniters went and we had really bad magnets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's reassuring. Yeah. Uh, so we're sitting at the gate. None of the engines are running. This is this is a story about how weird stuff can happen, and you really got to think outside the box as to why it could be happening. So we're sitting at the gate, and um, I'm getting my clearance to go to wherever we're gonna go. And in Newark, all the people are above you on like the second floor. I'm like, Man, there's a lot of people watching us from the glass. I'm like, ah, whatever. Didn't think twice about it. The captain's doing his paperwork. I'm in the co-pilot seat first officer seat doing my getting my clearance on the radio and the flight attendants in the back doing her stuff and all of a sudden i see the gate agent run out the door and she's like waving frantically and pointing at the right engine like that's really weird and then i start turning my head because it's dark and it starts getting brighter and brighter and i'm like oh that's not a good sign and i look over and the right engine's on fire so first thing that you scream is what you've been taught is engine fire the right engine's on fire and the captain and i simultaneously go to pull the t-handle which on a on a turboprop kills fuel and also puts the uh extinguishers into the, yeah, the, extinguisher on it, into yeah. the engine problem is that only works if you're running none of the engines are on right now and the engine is on fire that makes you think how is this engine well, on fire you, yeah at the exact so same strange. moment our flight attendant calmly comes forward and says Hey, you know the right engine's on fire. As nonchalantly as she can, twenty-year-old <laughs> girl, really nice in the Midwest, that doesn't realize that the freaking airplane's on fire and it's not normal. So I tell, I tell her, get the fuck out of the airplane. We're on fire. <laughs> um, and the first thing we can think of is we'll turn the power off, the main power off, and luckily that put the fire out. So. What it caused it is, here's the other fun fact. That airplane had caught fire once before during the day, but they only wrote it up in the magnets manual as replace starter, not airplane caught fire. So I would have questioned more in the paperwork had it said airplane caught fire. Um, anyways, what had happened is the igniters below the starter um, were getting power as soon as the main power was getting switched on. So they were just sitting there burning and catching the so start. So as soon as you flick the master. Yeah, they're igniting, but there's no fuel or anything. There's no fuel running. They're not designed to run for like <laughs> oh 15 God. minutes what at a, a time. What a terrible design. No, no, that's how it works. Just they're not Is meant it? to run. Yeah, they're not meant to run for a number of minutes at a time without anything to burn. Because they switch off when the, you know, the airplane uh, starts. Starts, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so lessons learned from that is always expect the unexpected. But that's really it for my fire stories um so let's get into the our 1983 110 oh, so yeah. isla so back in 2018 um as all you know i've loved land rovers for a very long time and the first land rover i ever bought was isn't it one that i bought you no it was the lightweight that we bought oh, yeah, so great. we went out for a a test drive to see this old Land Rover lightweight in Vermont, and I couldn't even drive because I drove sticks so badly. <laughs> and you in fact, drove. I taught you to drive stick. You did, and you were driving. But Catherine, if you haven't noticed from her accent, Catherine's from the UK. On dirt roads, 
Oh yeah, it was Catherine good. tends to drive on the wrong side of the road, especially when she's in a right-hand right drive, drive car. Oh yeah. So I'm laughing hysterically because I'm having so much fun. She's laughing hysterically. She's driving on the wrong side of the road. It was all sorts of crazy. We ended up buying a lightweight, and that started a addiction to your addiction. My yeah, but now it's part of yours. Yes, but I've always had Land Rovers because I'm British. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I grew up with like Jeep Wagoneers. Which are cool, but not the same. So anyways, in 2018, we decided we would like to do a driving trip to do two days driving around Scotland. And I was like, I'm going to set this up. It's two gonna weeks be driving around two Scotland. Two weeks, yeah. Two, two weeks driving around Scotland. I'm to go for two days. Couldn't even do it, yeah. So two weeks driving around Scotland. And we were like, what, what are we going to do it in? And I could have rented a Land Rover. And I used to have a company importing old Land Rovers. I said, you know what? We we should buy one and then use it and then bring it home and we knew we needed a 110 because we had three kids and um we started the hunt and right. we knew we were going to get a three-door land rover because we couldn't afford a five-door um those days of cheap five doors had long gone um so we looked for a three-door and we also wanted a hard top because i don't want to say that thievery is very common in the uk but it's really common in the uk a soft top yeah, parked in the city someone's going to nick your luggage well i even had to have that thing that went over the pedals remember oh yeah land rover defender is the most stolen car in the uk so we had we would lock our pedals with a pedal lock the gas pedals and everything so that way no one could steal it crazy so we found this really nice um mechanically wise and chassis and bulkhead wise ref 110 but it was really rough cosmetic shape um it was yellow like, wasn't it bright yellow yeah so it was an ex-royal air force um vehicle so it really never saw any hard life which was nice and a friend of ours who some of you met at pilgrimage andy stevens um he's a good friend of mine hopefully we'll see him again you guys met him last year. He was my friend who came over who has ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, and hopefully we'll see him again at this year's pilgrimage. He rebuilt it for us and got it all set up so we could do two weeks driving around Scotland in a 1983 diesel Land Rover, which does about 60 miles an hour, is not overly quiet, and do it with... How old were the boys? Um, what year did we go? 2019. 2019. So they were like seven and five, maybe? Something like that. Electra was only Electra's like baby. Two. So yeah. anyways, so they got it set up. They did rear thing. we had forward facing jump seats in the back because that's a huge thing that I'm a fan of. I, I love these old rigs with the cyborgs facing jump seats for just like little trail use and going around the property. They're they're not safe for long distance trips. Well they this. also had those seats were great and they had the integral seat belt. Yep. And then we had all the USB couple of ports put in, one in front of each kid, because I didn't want to deal with fights over who's charging what. Oh, my God. Who's watching the Nook and who's... Yeah. No, yeah. That was... Maddening. Um, yeah. And then had some... You know, had a respray, this really nice... RAF blue. RAF blue we color. We had power steering to put in so you could drive it properly. After yeah, because my arm. At your arm after the accident. And then just other little things like radio and, and tough box. And we put in a bunch of storage solutions um new locks because we were eventually at... we put in new windows too but we didn't have those for that trip unfortunately 
no, that was when it was yeah, we had the old, yeah, we we had windows mm-hmm. that didn't they open. didn't open. Well, at least we had windows for the kids to look out. So, other fun fact about this trip is, we left in July. Was it August? August. We left first week of August in 2019, and I have to say, I have some amazing friends because not only did I get one of my friends, Thomas, to watch the house, but he was watching all our dogs. And normally at the time we had a pack of what, six dogs, some dogs of Irish yeah. wolfhounds, but Ava just had puppies. So oh I God. left, I left my friend she to watch. Puppies. I left my friend to watch my house with 17 dogs. So seven, <laughs> seven, seven full size. Well, what was it? Five, six full size Irish wolfhounds, a labradoodle, and then 10 Irish Wolfhound puppies. Puppies. Mm-hmm. That's how amazing my friends are. Um, and he did it without complaint. And Thomas has Caramello. A he does. He Irish has Wolfhound. one of the puppies, in fact. And he uh, he has a beautiful Land Rover Lightweight. You'll probably meet him at the Pilgrimage. One of the nicest guys you can ever meet. And also an amazing chef. If you ever are up in the Middlebury awesome. area, the Middlebury Marquee Theater is the, yeah, the ultimate date there, so. night. You can get movies, drinks, and amazing tacos. And everybody knows how fussy I am about food. And yes. Thomas's food is Catherine excellent. is beyond fussy with food. So anyways, we, we go on this trip. And we show up. And the car's just been all done. And we picked up the car. And well, in... we are 24 hours late because American Airlines screwed us, remember? Oh, yeah. We had to spend the night in Philly because the flight got canceled. So we're now a day behind in all our planning. So like the hotels are kind of messed up for the first part of the trip. So we show up. And we go and see the car for the first time. And pick it up at Andy's place. And Andy runs airsoft sites like i used to and so they make really good storage areas so the first time kate saw her 110 is when we walked through the gates of the prison hms or uh her majesty's prisons yeah hmp portsmouth, portsmouth. HMP portsmouth which mm-hmm. is a victorian debtors prison which is straight out of shawshank but way more terrifying said it's it's proper old prison and uh that's where we picked up the 110 mm-hmm and we drove off, and we did all sorts of stuff to it. But the one thing we did not do to it Let's is... check the fuel tank? Yes. We didn't fully <laughs> fill the fuel tank. So we put diesel in it, and it starts leaking like a sieve. Everywhere. Down the road. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. The, the float level gauge... Wasn't it a hole in the receiver, neck? No, it's the float level receiver. Well, we oh. found that later. Float level receiver, the gasket was gone. So anytime you're more than a half tank, it would leak. Which is not ideal on a driving holiday. So we managed to we take an extra day. We're now two days late for the trip and get it replaced. And then we find out that if we're really full, it leaks out of the filler neck. So we just would fill the car to what we thought was 90% full. And we started our drive. And I don't know if anyone who's, if you're experienced in the UK, we drove from literally the bottom of the UK, Portsmouth, all the way up to, to Edinburgh. Edinburgh in a day. In a day, yeah. In a 1983 Land Rover that does 60-something miles an hour. 60, 65 max. I mean, on the motorways. The hell, forget about it. Whatever, that, up one of the M's. And uh, that was an experience. But everyone was doing good. All we the way up the, until... We went through the borders. And we um, were heading up towards Edinburgh. It's about 9 p.m. And it's dark. And... Uh, the weather is horrendous. There is the thunderstorms, rain, torrential rain. The rain was bouncing off the road. Headlights are on, wipers and are it on. Was, wipers are going like the clappers. And the alternator light comes on. Yeah. 
So I pull over and I proceed to tighten what I think is just a loose alternator. And we set off again. And five minutes later, the alternator light comes on. Yep. And I'm on the side of road. I can't figure out. I can't tighten up the alternator anymore. It is. We were, so we, we, is, we had this. Luckily, we, they had this with pull off. So we were yeah, safe. I, we, we weren't going to get biffed by a truck. We were off the side of the road, and the boys were delighted because we were near a railway. Remember? There's yeah. Train they, track they were there. watching the trains and the thunderstorm. And you had a bottle of wine, so you were good. Thank God I stopped at that Tesco on the M whatever, M1, M6, whatever it was. Yep. And we'd stacked up on snacks, like sandwiches. I got a screw top bottle of wine. And I we had were provisions. games. Yeah, we had we loads provisions. of provisions and stuff for the kids to do and, and so, headlamps as well. So it turns out what had broken, and I had all my tools. I flew over to the UK with 40 pounds of tools to yep. work on trucks. I'm like, if anything breaks, I'm going to be able to fix it in Scotland. I had spares. I had everything. What I did yeah, not we're, have we're thinking was, a, was a crankshaft pulley because it right. never breaks. And that's a big socket. It's like a 37 mil or something. It's huge. It's huge. And uh, you're not fixing that. So, well, at least not fixing it out there when you need tools. So we call the RAC and mm -hmm. we spent four hours, luckily entertained on the side of the road. And this wonderful guy in a tow truck from Edinburgh picks us up and says he's going to drop us off at our hotel, even though it's Which against policy. Which he wasn't policy. supposed he to wasn't do. supposed to. Because where we were towing the Land Rover to... Uh, was not, so we, I'd hired a, an apartment, two-bedroom apartment, you know, with a kitchen and all the rest of it, living room. But we were only um, going to get there for a night one because night, we were already like so two late. days late. Yeah. So we'd missed two whole days of this booking anyways. Which was all right because the bed was really uncomfortable, remember? Yeah, for the, like the four <laughs> hours we slept on it. Uh, so anyways, they drop off the car. So it goes to engine... Engine 710, 710, which is but underneath the, we post, the bridges. There. Yeah, we posted on the rover group, hey, this is what's going on. We need help. And I had so many offers for help and garage space. People were amazing. Even like the British Army up there saw I was there and offered me a space in their garages if I needed it with one of their mechanics. Like this is just the level of like once you get into a vehicle community, it doesn't matter if it's Land Rovers, Toyota, Jeep. That community will support you um, and will help you in any way they can. And the Land Rover community came through. So we needed a crankshaft pulley for a 2.5 normally aspirated, and there was none in all of Scotland. And Engine 710 dropped everything they were doing to check over the 110 that morning and see if they could fix it themselves. And they said, hey, this is what's wrong. We need this part. It's not in Scotland. So Andy's like, all right, there's a part two hours away. I'll drive up and get it. Yep. And I'll send my friend Luke, who's he a mechanic, flew, he flew Luke, to Edinburgh from Southampton or wherever. Got off the airplane. Went straight put, to the car. And Engine 710 let them use their tools. They didn't have a bay open because they were in the middle of a bunch of restorations. Um, they let him use tools. And he got it going and then jumped in an airplane back the and same like, day. And take you out for dinner and you know get you a hotel and stuff? And he's like, no, I've got to get back. But he fixed the car because... The whole point was driving around in the car that we would call Isla because we were up in the in the Hebrides. Yep. And, you know, I didn't want to hire a rental car to drive yeah, around. Yeah, it's not as much this. fun driving around Scotland in a Prius. Um, so, anyways, we get it fixed. And we spent two nights in Edinburgh. Just mm -hmm. cause we've been traveling. It had been hard. We decided to take two nights off and skip doing... Um, the eastern side of Scotland, just to like relax, and we spent two nights at the amazing Grand Hotel. I was Hotel. born there anyway, so I, I, 
I know that area. We stayed at the Edinburgh Grand, which was amazing. And uh, oh my god, that suite you got us was just the best thing. It was a, such a beautiful hotel. Remember that meal we had? Those steaks. Oh, uh, it was the best thing. It's I've the only ever place eaten. in Scotland where I had where they actually had properly cooked the steaks. Anyways, we continued on, and we discovered one thing: the belt for the power steering was broken. And I don't know if anyone's ever tried to drive a oh Land Rover that has power steering when the power steering isn't working. It sucks. So heavy. And I proceeded to drive that 110 through the Highlands, which are there is no straight part of the road. It is constant turns. turns. My arms were jello at the end. But luckily, we managed to track down a power steering belt in Fort Williams, which we were Fort heading. Fort William. To, Fort William. We were heading towards anyways. And I so managed, we were going up towards Dorney where I'd hide mm -hmm. in a house. So, because I wanted to be able to, you know, cook for us and, you know, because the kids, you know, buy water as, as soon as, because Dawn is like where three lochs come together and there's a, there's a nice castle there and a nice little village. Um, but, you know, within five minutes, the kids it's are like the most photographed west. castle in Scotland. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, um, a, it's, it's a reproduction. And you're only like 40 minutes from Sky. You're also only like an hour or something from Loch Ness. If you're if you're gonna do if anyone ever wants to go do a driving trip around Scotland, we'd be more than happy to, to point you in the right direction. Um, so we got this replaced, make it to the to the castle and manage to relax. And then yeah, but on the way again, oh, it was raining because it's Scotland. Scotland, and we're on the A82 up there, and it's pissing down. Which with is rain. like sheer mountain cliff yeah, on a, one side, and then sheer twist, drop off. You know, one lane each direction. And um, suddenly, we're just driving along, and the windscreen wiper falls off. Just flew off, <laughs> straight into the lock, and I'm like, well, that sucks. Well, luckily, it was my side, and luckily not the driver's the side. side. Again, um, the, uh, yeah, the best, luck. worst luck. And I'm like, we're not, like, <laughs> the closest hilarious. auto repair shop is, like, three hours in the other direction. We're not, we're not going. So we did most of the trip with only one windscreen wiper. Um. The next crazy thing we did is we did Applecross. Oh my God. And Applecross is the most terrifying road you can drive. Stunningly it's stunningly beautiful. beautiful, but if you screw it up, you're going to die. It's a single track road with little bumps and in it where you mean, pull over. When we mean single track, I mean like it's narrower than pass. most people's driveways. There's not two cars, two cars can't get by. Like, no, there's not enough room. And then there's like a 2,000-foot drop on the one side. And then you go straight into the lock. Um, no, no, it's a valley. Yeah, but you on the, on the well, ocean side. Well, you'd roll side, down. Yeah. yeah, you'd roll down. There's no stopping it. So we're going up it, and uh, I'm okay. With the, yeah, we watched the a guy bike. biking up of it, and he had his kid in one of those little stroller things that go behind it. And you're like, man, I'm Attached not sure I'd trust that. Like, by like probably like the cheapest there was no, bolt. There was no backup chain. There's like nothing. There was nothing. Like one little bolt holding this kid in this cart from like imminent death. Oh my God, my wife would kill me. Uh, I, 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 oh my God, it was just ridiculous. So we did this amazing turn. And it's just it, and we'll incredible driving. And we'll post photos. I've got beautiful yeah. pictures at the top with the Highland cows that are just it, walking along the road. One thing about Scotland is I went up there thinking I needed all my off-road recovery equipment, everything. It really made me appreciate what we have here in Vermont because everything is paved in Scotland. Mm -hmm. There is, I didn't touch any gravel unless it was in the hotel parking lot at the castle. It was all paved, which really makes me appreciate. I thought it was going to be like Vermont, um, which made me appreciate the class four roads here because 
unlike a lot of places in the world, um, we can go and use these class four roads. In Europe, you, you're not doing that in the UK. Green lighting is incredibly rare over there. And in Scotland, it's non-existent unless you are on a private property that's set up for it. Um, so it, it made me thankful for what we had here in Vermont. We did Apple Cross, which was amazing. Drove around the eastern side of Loch Ness and visited the Fraser. The Clan uh, Fraser has Clan Fraser graveyard there. Cemetery there. And yeah. um, I like Beautiful. my I like my Vermont history uh, in terms of like looking at some of the graveyards. But seeing the graveyard over there, where like every other grave it lists the death is like drawn and quartered, hung for sedition, shot for treason. There's some really interesting history when you get out. Uh, the Jacobites. Jacobites. So the rest of the trip was uneventful. We drove home, but we shipped this we eighty-three shipped back. Mm -hmm. one ten back, and it's been all over with us. We've used it as we actually use it as our daily, daily driver. driver. Yeah, you know the Since only the LR full burst into flames. <laughs> um, yeah, the only modern car we have is an 08 Range Rover, which came with the house. Um, so. We've done a lot in this car, and it's changed as we've started to do a lot more trips with it. Yeah, she's Just got a steering guard. The steering guard. Uh, you also have your um, differential guards. Mm -hmm. You have, we've added a winch. Oh, new seats, heated seats, which heated are Heated seats, awesome. which, is, which is definitely keen. And then the oh, big, and the heater. And the, yeah, the diesel, the Chinese diesel bunk heater. Um, cause these cars generate like no heat in the winter, uh, has been a great upgrade. Yeah, the heated seats in that is just um, And then a two inch lift kit with mm -hmm. the old mini new springs, um, and a swing away rear tire carrier. So the door is a lot easier to open for you. It's heavy though, but it's, it's um, definitely easier. But it's, and then put modern, we put US tires on it. We want the KM3s, which oh is my, my favorite. Oh my God, do you remember when we, <laughs> when, we what? when we got it shipped back over and there was some screw up and it got stuck in some fuck New York somewhere, and we oh, get back. Some fucker yeah, nicked nick the, radio. the radio. Who steals like a, a <laughs> 2006 radio that didn't even have Bluetooth? Out of like an old lantern. Oh, well, someone Where's did. The radio. It's gone. Um, yeah. So, People, man. But um, ridiculous. A lot of you have seen Catherine driving this truck when we do it, and she likes the the greens. She is much more of a. We'll I say like a rally. Like going fast. You're a rally yeah, driver a lot more it. than you are a. On that one up by Reading, and um, that's a fast road. And I remember going up yeah. that in Isla Hell for Leather, and I had I felt like I was in a Bond movie because I had like five motorbikes behind me. Oh yeah, that, that was awesome. That class four is probably one of the most fun used for adventure. And bikes. that's where I'd love to see more adventure bikes. You broke event. down. No, yes, that way. So, yes, you did. So I'm in my. 86 X Special Forces Land Rover 110. And um, this is I'm another thing on why you should always wheel or be out in the class forwards with someone else. Because breakdowns happen. Stuff happens. Yeah, don't do it And on your this own. was one that I couldn't fix. The ignition, the ignition. switch mm -hmm. was done. I couldn't. It was getting no power. And it was another diesel. So it was getting no power to the uh to I the know Jerry. He was solenoid. with us. And Chantal. Jerry was with us. He was in his willies, wasn't yep, he? Yeah, he was in the willies. Yeah. So like, we couldn't bump start it. We couldn't do anything. Catherine pulled me out in the 110 all the way from Plymouth. Grumbling about it. Grumbling about it. Mm -hmm. Terrain, which is, that's a long. It's a that's long like, ass drive. It's like towing. That's like 45 minutes of being towed behind a vehicle back and, and, on the class forest. Until I looked in my mirror. Until Catherine. <laughs> Derek wasn't there. 
And again, this is where, as you learn, I didn't use a soft shackle. I used a soft shackle to her 110. We so didn't funny. have a regular tow rope. But I had no idea where you were because I, 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 I didn't know how far back I dropped you. Yes. So Hugh and I are <laughs> and riding, waving and Hugh and I are riding in the 110. And next thing you know, she just takes off and the, the 30 foot kinetic rope's just trailing behind her. And Hugh and I just rolled to a stop. Like, how long do you think before well, mommy realizes. comes back? And it was like 25 minutes. We're sitting there. So like, I look, and she went a really some, long way. I was up. trying to find somewhere to turn around. I got all the kids with me. Well, you had Electro here, yeah. And I think I had Chantel too. And you were so intent on driving. I was driving so intent on driving that, that I didn't, didn't realize we were there. Um, but this is where <laughs> I messed up. I used a soft shack on hers, and the 110 had a um, just a drop pin in the front bumper for towing aircraft and that sort of shit or trailers. And I used that. But it didn't have a cotter piece, so when we hit a certain bump, it, it popped just came out, off, yeah. and then it was gone. The other thing is, I didn't have a proper tow strap, which I now all carry. I just had a kinetic rope, and that really killed the kinetic rope, um, which was an expensive, you know, um, an expensive loss of like 160 bucks. But that's what we needed to get out. But yeah, did that. Well, and, now we have all the, in addition to the fire extinguishers and the seatbelt cutters and the. The Every vehicle is set up with a basic recovery, recovery kit, kit with mm-hmm. kinetic rope, anything that's Dampness, suited to that winch. Soft shackle, hard soft shackle. Soft shackles, hard shackle. Mm-hmm. Um, really, any, you know, anything that you need to set up for that vehicle's ability to recover itself. And even the rovers or the UAS and stuff that doesn't have a winch, I still have and stuff a kinetic that breaks, rope. like fan belts and Yeah, I always carry sort of, some basic sort of spares. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, We've also taken this 110 up to winter romp to do winter wheeling, which if you haven't done any off-roading in deep snow or ice, uh, I will tell you that is an experience. Um, So we went up a couple years in that, and we used to always chain up. We always had studded V-bar chains, and really the 110 would go just about anywhere we needed to. Very rarely did we have to Because I didn't go this year because i had surgery in october and i didn't want to get bounced around so i went this year with her 110 instead and um i decided i was going to be lazy and not put chains on the uh the 110 i was just going to run super air down at 12 psi problem is her 110 is on older series wheels meant for tubeless tires (laughs) or for tubed tires not meant to be at 12 PSI getting jostled around. So the tires. Digits. So I managed to spin off three tires <laughs> within probably about 300 yards, maybe 200 yards. And uh, thankfully, Brady didn't murder me uh, and had his air tank with him, his power tank. And we changed three tires and put them all back on the beads in like an hour. Um and also trying to do this with jacks in the snow and everything else, it was not fun. But luckily, everyone was uh, was there to help. But I learned my lesson. She's now getting a new set of wheels that is meant to air down. I never noticed it before because when I'm off-roading... No, we were just chained. When I'm off-roading run. here, I don't air down to 12. Like I'll air down to like 18, 16 or 18. Uh, I Airing down to 12 was a mistake. But we had some amazing times. And it's been an awesome family vehicle and... Our kids love it, and it's one of those I'll things. I'll never sell it. I it's a forever rover. 
Well, the memories in it. I yeah, mean, when you and I are gone, hopefully our children will still have the memories of it. Well, it won't be long before I can teach you how to drive stick in this bottom field. I know, field it's terrifying. By river. It's terrifying. That's be, I'll that, teach, as soon as he can reach the pedals and stuff, I'll teach him. I know, I know. He was, you guys all know Hugh from the event. He's the, he's our, in, he's our weatherman slash guide. Oh, he actually tried to hire him last year because he did such a good job of navigating and guiding right. them. Slash, and he uh, can fly too. Yeah, he can also fly. He He's, loves flying with his. This his is dad the pilgrimage is, is his jam. That is, that is. I would say that's more his event than it is mine. He loves it with he everything does. that he has. So it won't be long before he'll be twelve in January. It won't be long before he's driving. But um, yeah, that's our eighty-three one ten. It's the blue one with the pilgrimage logo. I think we'll take that to the meet and greet. But. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope you've enjoyed these stories and uh, of me being in stuff on fire and our adventures in But Iowa. I love it when you call me and you say, I'm all right, but... And that's happened a couple of times. Like when the 310 crashed. Oh, yeah, when I crashed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I crashed better than anyone I know. So good, my crashes are almost considered landings. <laughs> but I considered that one a rejected takeoff. I was airborne... Briefly. But very briefly. Mm -hmm. I was airborne within the length of the runway. Um, again, something that happened, just one of those things. Uh, That's right, because I was at a show. I was pregnant with Hugh when you yeah, called me. I yeah. just didn't know I was. She gets a lot of calls of, uh, I'm alive and okay. But. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for listening to the Class 4 podcast. We'll have, a, we'll have some more episodes coming out. We're going to be going over some great stuff. Uh, we've got some excellent guests lined up. Um, some of our next guests are going to be Ned Crystal. We're going to talk about the uh, New Hampshire, the Dork Club, the Defender Club, and how he's built that into what I think is probably the most functioning Land Rover Club in the United States right now. Um, we are going to tell the story of how we got to South Royalton. And I'm not going to tell that story. We're going to bring in Jason Krantz, my lawyer, to tell that story. Yeah, the attorney's so, doing that the one. The attorney's going to do that one, so it's all done right. But I think that's a great... That's a great story. I know some of you have heard it around the campfire, um, but it brings in some amazing, again, one of those things where one thing went wrong and then a lot of things went right and a lot of amazing people helped me along the way. And, and we're going to introduce you to those people because they're all people that come to the come to the pilgrimage and help make it possible from Pete to Cheryl and everything at the Hendersons. It's all in Jason, both Jason the lawyer and Jason from Worthy. Um, all that stuff has all come together to help me to make the pilgrimage into what it is. And um, so that's a great story. And I look forward to telling that one in the future. All right, everybody have a great day. And I hope you enjoy your week. Bye everyone. And we look forward to seeing you at uh, Worthy and South Walton on May 20th.